0: Welcome to Under the Helmet. I am Chad Parsons, and this is the one show out of the year that is strictly not about football. This is the Memorial Day show, been doing it for a number of years. And the last few or a few times now, we've been getting guests. Uh, so fortunate to have a UTH super fan and subscriber, uh, Ryan, here that. Uh, he's going to join me as my guest, as a veteran as well as myself. So I've done a number of one-man shows. I've had my dad on the show and probably going to get more guests in the future. So Ryan, thanks so much for coming on and talking about Memorial Day, talking about our military experiences. And uh, again, just being my my partner in crime here and uh, my my co-host in what is one of the more difficult shows for me to record for the year because of the topic, but also just outside my comfort zone.
1: Hey Chad, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about military just as a preamble of what Memorial Day is within that calendar um, for what it means to you. Uh, maybe it means something different when you were in versus now being years removed from your service.
1: So Memorial Day is a heavy time, I guess, for me, or a uh, serious time. Um, I was in, I graduated high school in 2002. So 9 11 happened my senior year. And then uh, joined up, figured I was a single guy coming out of high school. I might as well go and join up rather than some married guy with kids or something. Um, Ironically, had a kid while I was overseas um, after being married and having a honeymoon surprise. But it took, uh, I joined up to be 11 Bravo 1 Papa, which is uh, airborne infantry or a paratrooper uh, with the 1st and 509th. And Hit. there were so many people joining up at the time. I think it took about 11 months before I could go to infantry OSET, which is a little different than uh, basic training where basic training you'd normally do. I think it's nine, nine and a half weeks and then go to your individualized training after the fact. OSET is a all encompassing thing for infantry uh, that takes at the time. I want to say 16 or 17 weeks. I, I think they extended it now. Uh, they might've been rushing through at the time. Um, and so joined up um by the time i got through all my training got to my unit i think it was about 3 months before we deployed to baghdad and we lost a couple guys uh, over there which is why this time has a little bit more weight to me i'm guessing um uh, but it it's a good time to remember not just um be somber you know there's there's a reason that we have this holiday and there's a um, it's a combination of remembering them, remembering their sacrifice as well as celebrating who they were in their lives as well. So,
0: yeah, that's, that's well said. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, amidst the barbecues and gatherings and you get a day or two off of work, potentially that it's really about the, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the military. And like you said, I mean, that could encompass friends and family that you knew directly. It could just be battle buddies. Uh, that maybe you didn't know too well, but you knew of them. You knew what they were, what they were a part of. You know, while you were in and while you were serving, in in some connection, uh, whether it's big or small. And I, I feel like we have a, a good balance here because uh, my job was working. We worked directly with infantry, and so I basically was connected. And we talked about maybe what divides, uh, you know, the the thank you for your service and the the Veterans Day versus Veterans Day, which is current. And then Memorial Day, which is those before us, and so I would be one in a position where I would be one of those publicly front face forward uh, folks that basically had to receive the the comments, the the questions, the the praises for those that were not there, whether that was those who had who had fallen or the, just those that were in other lines of duty, and so um, I always kind of felt that it was just very very important to handle those interactions well because there were so many people that you know they they could be overseas they could be in assignments where it's just you're not out there doing parades or uh, you know uh, shaking hands with with the public directly in in a I'd say a voluminous fashion. so that would be um, you know we, and we and we actually got it in around the same time I got it in 2003. Um, I think I was five years out of high school and I was, I was in grad school at the time. Um, but, but 9-11, and like you said, I mean, it was still very much of, we need, we need people. And, and, and an ebb and flows on, on the military in terms of that recruitment process of, are they, are they downsizing a little bit? Are they increasing? And, and I think that the Memorial Day moment is really a key one because I think everyone who served knows somebody. Know somebody, whether it was your unit, your battalion, uh, a, or going even broader than that of a family member, a relative, a friend that might have been ten years older that you knew when you were a kid. Uh, it's amazing how uh, much of a broad brush military service and sacrificing for the com- uh for the country really spans. It's it's interesting
1: too. Now in our generation versus other generations, um, I feel like you go back to world war two or even Vietnam or something, when you got back from service, you just spread to the four winds and everyone went their own way and lived their own life. And now, um, like we've got dedicated groups that we can follow online that are the guys we deployed with, you know, we can track them individually. We can see some of them have gone on to military service. Some of them have redeployed and passed that in a, a future deployment. Um, and so it's a, it's a very different in how we're able to stay in touch with them. And then also, um, going back, you said people having connections and stuff. I mean, this Memorial Day is about people that, you know, served in the War of 1812 or the Civil War and stuff like that. I mean, anything and everything for the country, it's for all of them. And if you trace your lineage back, there's so much more that could be connected there. You know, you might have a, a great uncle or someone who's connected or um, I know my wife, um, her dad served in the Navy. And again, he served in the Navy. I mean, he's really old. So it was well before I Uh, knew him, but he has that connection as well. He's got a family of military. And so um, both in the connections that you may have now, I think are greater. And then also with Memorial Day, I really wanted to stress that um, you had said something about it was, you were kind of a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, ambassador or something, because you got to see, you know, the guys who were like me were off training or deploying or training others or whatever it was. You were actually there with the connection back. Um, I'd listened to one of your previous memorials. You talked about um, how you interact with, you know, you got to go play trumpet at deployments, deployment after deployment. So you got to see, whereas I said, you know, goodbye to the family. And we saw all of the guys around us saying goodbye to the family. You had that on a regular basis and stuff. And so you got to be the ambassador to those types of people. Um, and my thing is definitely, if I can educate someone who can go and educate their kids, like I've got kids. And so um, just kind of teaching them what Memorial day is about. It doesn't have to be, Hey kids, we're going to spend the whole weekend watching war movies and feeling sad or something. Um, But just, you know, the respect for it, being able to um, teach the next generation, just what it's about and then how far back it really encompasses, you know, we come off, came off a couple of long wars. Um, There's stuff going on now uh, that we've got guys deployed for, but it, it goes back hundreds of years in what we're trying to remember.
0: Yeah, I love what you said uh, a few minutes back about remembering, you know, the good, remembering their life, and it doesn't necessarily about you know your friend, your family member uh, that that you directly had a relationship with that lost that remembering that you had the op- like I always view it as you had the opportunity, the blessing that not everyone had to know them, to have a relationship, to foster some, some relationship with them, whether that was pretty strictly professional or w- whether it was very much um, outside uh, the lines of, well, you're my battle buddy. You're you know basically my coworker, military-wise. I mean, we have different terms for it, but coworker. Um, and that you were able to know them and remember the good times, like a lot of times. So I, I view that a little differently. I know a lot of people. It's very, very, very somber, and not that I don't have I miss them uh, type aspects, but it's also a I really enjoy their company. You know, or I really I'll remember stories, whether that's one or five, uh, you know, or this cross-section of time, the good times uh, with them uh, is one of the bigger things. Um, I wanted to ask, and, and you've already mentioned a little bit, but if you have more on the bullet points to expound on this, the, you already said when, uh, where, and a little bit of why you served. Um, is there anything else in terms of your decision making process joining the military that, um, that you would want to highlight in terms of, of years ago? For
1: me, it was, uh, I remember specifically thinking, and mind you, looking back on it, I now have a 17-year-old kid, and I graduated at 17 from high school. So it's like I was a child back then. Um, But the decision then was, all right, if someone's going to go over, if someone's going to be in harm's way and do this, why not it be a single person without kids, right? Uh, versus someone who's married, someone who's got a family already, etc. That just seemed to make sense to me. So that was part of the reason why I signed up and why I signed up for the job that I did. Um, by the time my first uh, enlistment was wrapping up, I was married with two kids. So I didn't re-enlist. That was priorities kind of changed there. Um, you and I had talked about what we would give advice to other people. And um, I know my my wife's dad, who was Navy, said to his kids, do not enlist unless you know that you know that you know that you know that it's for you. And um, they took that to heart. They didn't join. Um, the military service, especially with just all of the different things, there are a lot of it's definitely a lifestyle. Um, like you, you were not a combat MLS necessarily, but you still had a lot of access to the lifestyle. So. Um, And you had to do things like you said, for taking over for infantry units when they weren't there, you had to know how to do all of these things for security. Um, There are a lot of ways to go in the military with the different branches, there are a lot of things, like I tell people, go be an air traffic controller in the Air Force, it You know, you go in, you get trained up for four years and you get out making great civilian money, et cetera. Um, And some people like me might be called to a combat MOS that is more of a specialized military only lifestyle. Um, But it it's definitely a. You can have a lot of different experiences in the military, uh, a lot of different jobs, a lot of different things that have to be done by soldiers. Um, It is a lifestyle. It is a calling. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want someone to take it flippantly, um, because it does. The guys I know, and mind you, we we were in at a certain time in a certain area with a certain job that, um, but it's it shaped who they are for in many different ways that they would never have thought going forward for the rest of their life. I mean, um, I know one of the things I thought was I wanted the. I wanted to know what I could do physically. I wanted the discipline. I wanted the, um, the training that even basic training gives you, where you just kind of know how to push your body, how to take care of yourself mentally and stuff. You come out with a maturity that you don't necessarily get with other uh, jobs, I guess that you could do. And so there are benefits, but it, uh, I'm using 10 words to describe something I could have with two, but
0: yeah, I think um, you, you said a lot uh, to unpack there, and I think one of the big ones is when you, excuse me, when you put together that a lot of people view it as the military means you have a weapon and you are being deployed and going overseas and fighting in combat that. There's an ecosystem. The word I was thinking of the entire time you were talking about that was there's an ecosystem. It's almost like its own little world of, like you said. There's, I mean, there's drivers. There's there's cooks. There's supply chains. There there's anything that you would think takes to run a massive and basically global company. Uh, if you want to view it in in other terms that. They have a mission statement, but they also have so many facets that re- are required to get that mission done, whatever that mission is. And again, it changes with, with different companies and MOSs and all that of, of where you are in that.
1: From what I remember when I was in, uh, they said the numbers was for every single person that actually has a combat MOS, there are 11 support people uh, wow, behind yeah. them. So the majority of the military is what you're talking about. And it can be uh, Coast Guard, still military. They, You could be a helicopter repair Guy that you know works down in Miami for the guys who fly out and jump into the water to rescue people who are you know capsized and stuff like that. Like it just it's all encompassing with the jobs that are available.
0: And I think so that's one thing of just you know who is it a right who whom is it a right fit for. Uh, I think that's a, a key question that you said at you know you had feelings about you know single and eighteen or twenty two versus. Uh, versus maybe being in another life circumstance, that, that can absolutely shade your decision. And the other thing is, you mentioned about the commitment factor. Signing up is different than going to a community college or going to a, a, a just a, a school beyond, uh, beyond high school where you say, uh, if it's not for me, maybe next semester, I'm not going to. I'm going to go do something else. The military is more of a commitment, more of a mindset of commitment. I'm going to do this, whether it's for... One one enlistment, or you're open to beyond that, or who knows where the winds will take you after three, four, five years of service, and how you will feel about that. How, then you'll know the ropes, and you'll you'll be able to know if you have maybe other opportunities within the military that strike you strike you more. Um, one thing I would say is that the prep for life, I do feel like, and I'm not plugged in, I'm not a counselor, uh, but from what I've seen from some. Now, again, this doesn't mean it's a fit for everybody, certainly. But what it means is when you're 18, 19, 22 years old, I'm sure just like when I was a kid, just like when my dad was a kid, there's plenty of people that may not have much of any of a of, of plan. They're happy to be out of high school. They don't really want to go to college. Are they going to go and get skills by going to a technical school or, or technical training in some capacity, they might say no to all those things. They, they might have no clue and they're just looking forward to not being in class or not being in school. And so the, well, what's happening next, then I, I think considering, well, there's a lot of things that you might consider cool or off the radar of, well, where do I find that in civilian life? Then there may be, like you just said, air traffic controllers. I mean, so many things that within that, that military ecosystem you're not thinking about. But what it does is there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, learning discipline. There's a lot of maybe in high school, you're not in shape, you know, and, and that would just be a perk of self-confidence or getting you on a better track. There's so many positives in terms of folks that don't really have a path. And that doesn't mean that you have to go into a specific uh, specific aspect of the military. It does not mean that you have to consider that as your only option or that... But but it's something that I think a lot more people would at least explore and get more information about in those, those ages that you said, hey, I, I'm not connected to anything. This might be a good fit for me. I don't know what I want to do a few years from now, but there are many things to gain. The... One advice
1: I also give people and is especially if you're a young kid with what you're talking about. I mean there are a lot of benefits to um, just learning how to how to function function yeah function as an adult. I mean uh, the type of kid that you see who's eighteen year old coming out of high school going to college and then you get the guy who served for three years who is now on his GI bill going to college, they're not three years apart in maturity. They are way further apart in maturity and and so, probably ten. Correct. There And yeah, it, so there are benefits with that. The one thing I would advise is if that is your goal and what you're going in for, sign up for the minimum. Find Find a two-year enlistment or something, three or whatever the minimum is. And you can go anywhere and everywhere. When it comes up, if you think recruiters are happy to help you, when it comes up on re-enlistment, you oh, can change yeah. your job. You can get bonuses because now, now they've invested in you and trained you you're more valuable to them than that high schooler coming out. Well, so. back
0: back in the uh, I think it was the early aughts. so that's when both of us uh, both of us joined. I believe the number was somewhere in the does this sound right about 40-50,000, 40-50-60,000 to get someone from off the street all the way to their first day out of training to, you know, their opening assignment if you will for as far as the cost MLS. to the government. Yeah, the cost to, to the to the military to actually get a person forward all the way through all that process.
1: If I'm guessing, I believe it's significantly higher.
0: Although, well, now it would be significant. I mean, would, yeah. I'm sure with costs, but I just remember hearing that and being like, wow. So, the, so maintaining someone and like you said, the re-enlistment or um, keeping someone, that factor is, is real. Like you said, you will have many options, even if maybe you have a lot of thoughts on how the first, as you said, you know, commit commit minimally in terms of, I don't know how this is going to work out. Some people really enjoy it. Some people are in the middle and some people are really look, counting down the days until uh, they get single digits to, to be able to actually get out.
1: And, and that goes back to, it's not for everyone. It's certainly a tight fraternity. There are a lot of benefits, but when you do that, um, especially when you're coming out young, um, it, it might be, dude, there are guys that get out and they go, I miss the brotherhood. I miss having that bond. Um, There's nothing like that in the civilian world and go back in. um, Then that is definitely certain people. Um, But if you sign up for that minimum thing, you're an 18 year old kid, you're going to mature. You're going to have life experiences, even in that short enlistment that you can then go, you know what, this is the life for me. However, I wish I was doing that job or I wish I was doing this job. And the second you go to re-enlist, the world's your oyster. I mean, they even have things where if you re-enlist, you can choose who signs you in and who signs your re-enlistment you can do it on, yeah. you know, I want, I want this, this colonel to come and do it on top of a, you know, in a Chinook before we both jump out right. or something. It, it,
0: in front of this certain, you know, this certain <laughs> statue, like we had that in DC all the time be like, oh, let's go do it over by the memorial and like all those things. So yep. um, yeah. And like you said, location, MOS is even something that you can alter uh, in a graphic way. And all of a sudden, you're through basic training They'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll send you to school. And you can, I mean, even w- within my very specific tight window of, of MOS, it was still plenty of opportunities for additional training. You mentioned the GI Bill, which, with the rising cost of college, if you plan to go to college, like you said, you can come out as a, a mental 27 year old. And all of a sudden now, hey, college is free. You can go to a lot of places and not pay not pay a dime, I believe. And then you also can get room and board uh, that is covered. I mean, you have a lot of options, a lot of latitude for how the 20s go for you uh, that maybe you go to your local community college and it doesn't work out. Maybe you go to a mechanics school and you're like, ah, I hate this. So, uh, and then it's like, well, where, where are you? Um, so um, I wanted to ask uh, just to kind of close up that with Memorial Day, that what are a few different aspects, and you may have already said a few of these things in the introduction. But what are a few aspects that that folks do not generally think about regarding Memorial Day service and uh, and just the what you come out of, of the military with with pros and and building up your your profile as a person.
1: When you said, um, you said this in your previous Memorial day ones where you go, it's not all barbecues and this, that, and the other, um, we don't, that I guess is foreign to me. So I'm probably coming at this from a different thing where, um, Memorial day for me is, you know, we're in contact with the guys I served with just checking in with each other, um, sharing stories, but it's, um, we've got, uh, the Vietnam vets started a combat support group at vet center that I go to. And, um, their take on Memorial day is certainly a lot heavier than the average party person and stuff like that. And so I don't know that I'm a good person to answer that in that I experience Memorial day much different than most. Uh, The one thing I would say though, is just, if you know a combat vet or something like that, uh, try not to go up to them like you would on veterans day and be like, Hey, happy Memorial day guy. And they'd be like, okay, thanks bud. Bye. Um, But it, like we've done flags for uh, Fort Snelling where it it's this thing where people come down and we started, there's a ton of, uh, it's in Minnesota where I live. Uh, it's a military cemetery going back to, I don't know, the Red Howell forever. And there's millions of headstones there. And so we've gotten over the years enough to where we put a flag on every single headstone. But a lot of that is people who have no military family, no anything they bring their kids there and, they talk to their kids. This is what it's about, you know, this going back and stuff. And so um, I may have a unique perspective on it, but I that would be if you're going to do something, you know, just research kind of what is Memorial Day and just have a talk with someone, you know, uh, younger than you to just kind of educate. There's plenty of things you can find online. You can ask about, um, et etc. But uh, that would be what I would want to share with others is just. Educate yourself and educate the next generation about
0: what is Memorial Day. The last, uh, the last image I would like to leave everyone with uh, painting a picture because uh, I was fortunate enough, and and it was part of our regular duty in in Arlington was the Arlington National Cemetery, and I know that that you mentioned already, Ryan, that there's. Uh, remembrance and and cemeteries and the like around the country. I know Arlington National Cemetery again gets the the biggest pictures. You get it on USA Today or you know whatever national news coverage there is. That's the one where they're going to share the pictures of putting out the flags on on Thursday before the long weekend, uh, and then they're they're picked up uh, every single one of them. Hundreds of thousands of of grave grave sites, and that is. Those are put out by by the the soldiers and the, the service men and women of uh, there at Fort Meyer. I think it's Fort Meyer Henderson Hall now with the with the Marines. Uh, it's actually a, a dual title, but you see those pictures, and I was part of that service. And it's interesting because you start thinking about your schedule around this time of year, and you're like, okay, so you know we're going to be working late into the night on on that Thursday. We're going to be in first thing in the morning, you know, or, or as soon as we can, weather-wise, there on that Tuesday. And we're, you're doing that, and it's completely different than what you normally do. But it's amazing that no matter your mindset, good, bad mood, uh, you know, or just like grumbling about, ah, it's just another extra thing we do. And you kind of think about it job-wise. It's amazing the. The different feelings and emotions that you experience uh, on this journey of going through the cemetery. You see, you see all the information, all those that that are before you in this very historic site. And I'll tell you, you know, I am definitely not wired that way, but I had a lot of feelings and emotions, you know, every time I did it. And it never, it never changed. It never got, I would say, emotionally easier to do that where you're out there it's a very serene place it's a very thoughtful place and you're doing hundreds upon hundreds you're doing your part of, of putting out in a very militaristic fashion the uh the flags for uh for that that busy busy weekend for folks coming in to to experience what uh, probably a small cross section of what of what folks like Ryan and I would experience in that in that same setting just being a little closer to it so i would say when you see the pictures and you see the vibrant colors of a of a spring slash summer day uh, there in Arlington National Cemetery or whatever uh, you know you see for this, just know that I mean it is a very heavy thing for those that are preparing and then ultimately uh, cleaning the the cemetery from all those flags um, over the, the this four five six day span that really encapsulates the week, uh, not just a singular day or a weekend for uh, for this holiday. Um, Ryan, I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story, sharing your time and your talents here for this podcast that uh, it has really become an annual marker for me to talk about uh, the military and, and to get to know you know, uh, now a, a subscriber like yourself, but but my dad was on the show. That was a very, uh, very eye opening thing where we had conversations, but but doing it a little more formally on a podcast. Um, that was something a few years ago, and actually looking forward to, uh, like you said, uh, battle buddies and and folks that are uh, that you still know from your time of service or are in now, um, you know, that's in my plans as well for future years, uh, um, workers and, and, uh, and soldiers that, that I served with that are either still in or have since gotten out since, since I left, um, that's in the cards for, for future years as well. All right. Uh, so Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I am Chad Parsons and thank you so much for listening.